What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Give me 12 ounces. I'm good. <laughs> it doesn't get old, man. It really doesn't. That was E from, from two weeks ago now talking about steak. You know, I, I remember driving through Amarillo, Texas, and they've got this sign where if you can eat 64 ounces of steak, it's free. Good. Yeah. And I, I always wondered if I could come close to that, Ephraim. I know I wouldn't be able to do it, but how close could I get? I don't know. That's a lot of steak, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be spending the rest of the evening in the bathroom. I'm good with you, <laughs> Ephraim. I'm fine with 12 ounces. <laughs> well, together you guys could make 24. So. That's true. Thanks, thanks Gavin. We appreciate that. <laughs> Turn so your own microphone. Gavin. Turn your own microphone off. <laughs> with this contribution thus far. We're off to a great start. We love that. Um, I'm a pig and slop, Ephraim, as you well know, with the NFL draft just concluding today. We have seven rounds of just wholesome goodness. And the story of the final day on Saturday is Shaquem Griffin out of UCF, has the one hand, he gets drafted by the Seahawks, and he's going to be a teammate with his brother, Shaquille Griffin, who played very well last year for the Seahawks. It's an awesome, awesome story, inspirational, the whole nine yards. You go back to Shaquille was highly um, recruited, and he his dream school was Miami, and he said he's not going to Miami 
unless his brother gets a ride, unless he gets a scholarship. Right. And so UCF was the first school to, to offer them both scholarships. They go there. The rest is history. And now they're going to be teammates again in the NFL. It's just an awesome story. I love that story. That's, um, you know, it's kind of like the whole Olympics thing where you, you, you don't follow these athletes because they play a sport that you might not be familiar with or you can't watch it anywhere. But then you learn their backstories and they do a, you know, a segment mm-hmm. on them. And then you just get vested. And just hearing about their story, their brotherhood, uh, the fact that they can play at such a high level with being twins, they played at the same college, and now they'll be on the same team in the pros. I mean, it was, you know, it was wet eye moment. It was, you know, she had some tear moments because those are things that you dream of. As kids, you grow up and you guys lay there in the same room, you're staring at the ceiling, and you're talking about all the things you want to accomplish and all the things you want to be able to do together, especially as twins moving forward through life and to see those things come true for these two gentlemen uh i i just was taken aback i i think it's tremendous it reminds me of my brother and i sitting there talking about how successful we wanted to be and he wanted to play basketball and i wanted to play football and and just getting a chance to accomplish those things that you set uh your sights on uh and back then they're just dreams you know you just you don't know anything else as a kid you just dream and to see these two gentlemen, these two young men, go out there and accomplish their dreams and now playing at the highest level together in Seattle, I think it's wonderful, and I wish them all both the best. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Shaquem, it's really cool because, you know, he doesn't have the the hand. He doesn't have the right. hand. Um, and there's all kinds of videos on social media where there's this little girl who doesn't have a left arm, and she – had a video out there and she had her little UCF cheerleading outfit on and she said you know her thing to Shaquem just saying hi and thank you for being an inspiration then she does a cartwheel with one arm and it's just one of those things where it's amazing all these little kids and all these challenges that they have to go through and you see a guy like Shaquem Griffin who had the proper attitude the proper mindset all the the determination in the world he didn't listen to the naysayers, and there he is in the NFL. And even if he doesn't have a star-studded career, he made it to the NFL, and just doing that provides a ton of inspiration for a lot of kids that are dealing with some serious stuff. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's all about this. Uh, what? How can you give it back? How can you you help others? Because, you know, a lot of us who have to deal with adversity growing up or what, whatever that may be, you know, whether it be financial, whether it be physical, if you can see someone that you can relate to and mm-hmm. it and it resonates with you and you see their fight and their journey and their their ability to become successful, because let's face it, at a young age we're told no. We're told no. We we we're told try something else. That's too hard. Oh, you can't do that. I myself was told that when <laughs> I was 15 years old, and I was it was career day, and we're talking to our guidance counselor, and she was like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And you know, I had been getting letters from from colleges and so on and so forth. So I was really, I really wanted a scholarship uh, to go to school, and then I wanted to go to the NFL. And I shared this with her, and the look on her face, and she was like, "Ooh, okay, well, um, uh, what else do you want to do?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, why do you ask me that?" And she said, mm, uh, "That's a." Uh, you know, like one out of a million kids or whatever the number she said was, 
gets a chance to play in the NFL. So, you know, what else do you want to do? And I said, well, how come I can't be that one? And she didn't have an answer for me. And that Mm -hmm. just that brief encounter with my guidance counselor let me know that I was in control of my own destiny. Like she couldn't tell me how hard I was willing to work to make my dream come true. And that's the message when you see someone like Shaquem. It's guess how many times along the way he was told he couldn't do it. Oh, just, just imagine, just imagine how many people like, oh yeah, you, nah, I don't think so. It's never happened. No one, it like you, you hear all of that, and you, and you, as a kid, if you can't push through it, you start to believe it, and then that changes, that changes your dream, right? And I don't think that's fair, especially for adults, to change kids' dreams before they even have the opportunity or the ability to seek those dreams and find out what it takes and the sacrifices that are going to have to come in, into play to accomplish something like that. Nobody ever yeah. wants to grow up and be normal or average. But yeah, so many people yeah. get talked into being average. Right, that's right. That's right. And that's where I think where it goes back to it's not just the Shaquem story. It's Shaquille, his brother, and building off of what you're saying right there is – Depending on your mindset and how you're wired, there are a lot of people that feed off of the naysayers and they feed off the people that say they can't do something. I remember going to the gym with one of my uh, my college buddies and I, we would be bench pressing. and I'd be like, you don't think I can do this, do you? You don't think I can do And he'd be like, whatever, B, just just try to do it, man. I wanted him right. to say I couldn't it's, do it. It's like, you know? hey, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not fighting yeah. with you. I just right. knock it out. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't think I can do this, can't And he wouldn't feed into it. But there are some people that feed off of that. But even if you're that type of person, you still need someone on your side. Yeah, you, you need do. need someone to believe in you. And, and Shaquille is, was yes, that guy for Shaquille. Exactly. And he needed that. Yeah. And I, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, you see, a, you know, the brotherly love there. Just imagine having someone with your face, your age, you know, your abilities to, to really help and, and guide you and to lead you and to be that person when things get tough to talk to. That's amazing, sure. man. It's, ana- it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of uh, Jim Valvano, actually. So the 30 for 30 survive in advance mm-hmm. when NC State won the NCAA championship. Uh, they had these little snippets of a speech Jim Valvano was doing. Yes. And he said something that was really striking, and it pertains to this whole conversation about Shaquem Griffin. Check this out. The gift my father gave me. And I think it's the strongest and most powerful gift I've ever received. And it's a gift I find we don't like to give to each other, both in our business and our personal life. The gift my father gave me every day of my life was he believed in me. My father believed in me. Yeah, and he went on to say that. He always felt better after talking to him where he was like, you're going to make it. I got my bags packed. You're going to make it. You're going to realize your dream. You need someone like that if it's 100% naysayers. Most people eventually believe it. You, you need that person on the other side saying, no, no, you're going to make it. You're going to get there. 
And that's what makes that Shaquem and Shaquille Griffin story so amazing. Now they're teammates in the NFL. I love it, man. That's that's storybook. That's Hollywood. You know, I'm going to contact him. I want to get the uh, rights to this this movie. Right. Write that movie up. That's That's what I want to do. I, I immediately start thinking about how I can be doing a cameo appearance. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> my mindset just completely changed right there, Ephraim. Where I'm thinking of his draft party, the celebration. You be the you can be the agent. You can be the agent. Yeah, I'll be the agent. Yeah, be, there you go. <laughs> I'll have the old school 1980s cell phone. You know, like right. putting deals together, all that. I'll play uh, John Schneider. Maybe I can be the GM calling him oh, that's to funny. say, hey, Shaquem, you're on You you're made on the squad it. You did there. it. Brian, if I'm you not, did it. Brian, if I'm not mistaken, you do have an acting career, correct? Oh, it's very limited. Very limited. Yeah, you want to hear my acting credentials, Ephraim? I would, would love like to. Yeah. So I did some uh, extra work in L.A. I lived in L.A. a long time ago. And so I'd be like in the background of movies and commercials, but- one of the best things I did, which was, again, very, like, low, low, low. Really one of the funnest things I did, I should say. So they were doing this story on urban myths. I guess it was some TV show. And so the myth was, I always got typecast because at the time I had long hair. <laughs> I had facial hair. I'm playing in heavy metal bands. So I was always, like, some drunk guy or some horrible low-life person. <laughs> so they had me. It was this urban legend where there was a couple that came out of the bar, and I was one of four people that were just giving them a hard time, right? We were talking trash. <laughs> hey, and what's them. up? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was picking up this little car. It was this tiny, like, I don't know, like a Volkswagen bug, you know, like old school, tiny yeah. car. So I'm literally, like, picking this car up and kind of slamming it down. And the myth was they sped off, and, like, three of my fingers got ripped out and stayed in the bumper of the car. And so they put this fake blood on my hand, and I had to drop to my knees. It was like, ah! It was, I'll tell you what, Ephraim, I'm surprised that I'm, a, I'm not on the silver screen because of that right now. I it was a calling. show called Urban Legend? I don't even know what it was called. I have no idea. Uh, but it was something about Urban Legends. We tried to search and find it. I have you no can't idea find it? where it is. Can't find it. Can't for the life of me. I've got it on an old school VHS wow. tape somewhere, but I have no idea where that is. Yeah, where did the show if, if take it's place? Online. It was somewhere in in L.A. I don't even know. But the funny thing was my muffler, muffler fell off that night, and one of the guys, I don't know, like the one of the dudes working uh, there behind the scenes, he, he like tied my muffler to my car using some coat hanger or something like that so I could get back. But I don't even remember where we were. Somewhere in the LA area. So I, I got that on that. my resume. I'm, I'm searching right now. I'm <laughs> looking. I gotta find that. <laughs> Dude, if you can find that, yeah. Nineteen ninety eight? Probably around that time, yeah. If you're harassing somebody at a bar, it's probably in Philly because you hate people from Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Philadelphia. Why you got to bring up old stuff, man? We were yeah. we were moving right along. <laughs> Gavin says they might have it, and that's next. Um, so, well, we'll see what – I don't know how we're going to do that on radio, but we can try. We can give it a shot, Ephraim. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, uh, maybe more on my acting career. And also, we go from the good story of the draft, Ephraim, to one of the bad stories. We'll see if you agree with this. It's Brian No, Annie from Salam, live with you right here from the Geico Studios on Fox Sports Radio. 
It's Brian No and E from Salam. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Man, you, Ephraim, Gavin, Papa Bear. We are, are on it. You're on it, man. You're on Google. You're on every type of search engine there is. I need this in my life right now. <laughs> this is when I did some uh, extra slash, I guess, sort of acting in the early 2000s. And it's something that it was some TV show about urban legends. And I fall down after having two or three of my fingers supposedly torn off. What was the, on the bumper of a speeding car? What was and, the legend, though? Do you remember what that was? It was just that because the this, I don't know, these four guys were picking on this couple that one person got his fingers torn off. I know, but what was the legend, though? Like, what was it? It what you know. It had to be based on some type of legend, right? Like, if you grab this car. Right, right. Like, I guess it would be if you pick up the bumper of a car, like, your fingers are going to fall off, I guess. That, that, it wasn't that. exactly, like, you know, well put together. <laughs> well, there, the funny thing, though, Ephraim, you would like this with the movie endeavors that you have. It was so, like, low, what would you go low quality. Right. That the, the director was just like, it was just very loose instructions. Where he's like, yeah, you know, uh, you just kind of like, you know, fall down and act like you're in pain. That's funny. And I was like, okay. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, just yell out, like, ah, or whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's, what he, it's great. <laughs> yeah, just fall down. Ah, you know, you're in pain. Arr. You know how it is. Yeah, that's how he did it. That's how he was directing us. There was a show, it looks like, from 2002 to 2004 called Mostly True Stories. And Mm. in the second to last episode, it was called Severed Fingers. Really? That's something to explore. And I looked up a urban legend about severed fingers. And it says a motorist who has a run-in with ruffians... Maybe Brian. No. <laughs> Afterwards, finds the severed fingers of his assailants on his car. That's the description to a T. We need to get you a SAG card, buddy. Yeah, we got to get that going, <laughs> man. Certified. It's a better payout. It's like double the pay. I if bet. You're a, were you ruffian number one, ruffian number two? I don't know which number I was, <laughs> but uh, I was the guy that got his fingers torn off, you know? So, so I think were, it was a highly ranking ruffian. So you were the lead then. I, th- I think I was the lead ruffian. Yeah, if you got your fingers torn off yeah. and it's severed fingers, then you right. are the lead, my friend. You got to be. You can't be ruffian number three if you're the one that has your fingers torn off. Right. Yeah. You are, yeah, sad card. You we got to get that going. Star. See, see, Ephraim, my credentials are growing. For the film you're putting together about Shaquem Griffin, where I can play John Schneider, this, the Seahawks GM, calling him on the phone saying, congratulations, you're a member of the 12s. That's so funny. We uh, we really went down a path right here, didn't we? <laughs> we did. It's gracious. We are crazy. <laughs> um, so, if you go back to the beginning of the draft, Ephraim, yeah. 
Baker Mayfield going oh, to the Lord. Cleveland Browns. I know it's been positive, and we've had some some good things to say about the inspirational story about Shaquem Griffin. It, yeah, this is where we take a sharp left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Baker Mayfield going number one overall. The rumors that came out that day, I was like, no, come on. This is a smoke screen. They're trying to get someone to trade up. And the draft rolls around, and what do you know? They draft Baker Mayfield. Are they out of their minds? No, they're not out of their minds. They're just the Cleveland Browns. And <laughs> I know every year Cleveland Browns fans are so optimistic, and they're like, this is the year we've done it. But given what the landscape was prior to the draft and the talent that was available, the fact that <laughs> they decided, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take Baker Mayfield, the fourth-rated quarterback, out of the top four, and Denzel yeah. Ward yeah, with the fourth pick. Like, I was like, wait, what? Okay, so my whole thing was, and I said this leading up to the draft, if Baker Mayfield was the quarterback that they wanted, I'm pretty sure they could have got him at four. If they would have taken Saquon Barkley at one, they would have been able to get Baker Mayfield at four. So, and I don't know if that's true or not, but to me, it doesn't seem like these other teams were clamoring to get Baker. Matter of fact, when Baker Mayfield was mm-hmm. picked first, everyone started to celebrate all of the other right. teams. Because yeah. they were like, I know the Giants went crazy. I know they went, oh, my God, we got it. They can. You see how fast these picks were coming in? Well, you think about the Jets. That's where I think the Browns did them a favor. Or if you're if you're the Jets, you're sitting there. It's either Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I know they were like, oh I'm my god, I'm going Sam Darnold all, all day long, man. Day long, not even a question. All yeah. day long, and the fact that the Giants and the Jets were like, oh god, these guys are. Well, thank you, thank you, Cleveland, once again, and I, I just don't know what the the thought process is. Yeah, they need a cornerback. But, number one, they needed a quarterback for the next 12 years there, right? Yeah. They need to stop it at 29 starting quarterbacks since 1999. They need to That's stop right. it, right? Yeah. It, it needs to – that streak needs – it needs to be over, right? They don't need to have four more starting quarterbacks this year. And given that you had Sam Darnold available and you chose mm. Baker Mayfield – and look, these are just my. This is just my opinion. It may shake out that where Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback out of all of the ones drafted in the first round, all five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. But once I again, I don't think so either. Once again, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's the draft. So yeah. it'll. We'll see how it shakes out. I'm just going off the history of the Cleveland Browns' top picks at quarterback. How it's shaped out for them. They last year they made a mistake. Not taking Deshaun Watson the year prior to that, they made a mistake. Not taking Jared Goff, um, well, Jared Goff or um, Carson Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this just this lends to the ineptability of 
you know, the front office to really find talent and pick it, pick it out and, 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 and just bring what's best for you. And I don't know. Once again, I'm just saying this seems to me like what they normally do. Now, they went right. all yeah. offense. They went all offense. They were like, hey, we're all offense. They were all in on offense, this draft. They got a DN in the third round, but for the most part, they got a couple offensive linemen. You yeah, know. they went Austin Corbett, the first pick of the second round. Yep. They went Nick Chubb, right? Went yep, with him out of back. Georgia. Went with the wide receiver. They really reached on Antonio Callaway, yeah. who could have been a first-round talent, but a lot of off-the-field issues, a lot of stuff going on with him. So that was a highly questioned pick as well. It's just one of these where I'm, I'm going to make a movie reference when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Uh, we're going to get to that coming up next here from the Geico Studios. Brian No and Ephraim Salam. But um, he's our lead actor when it comes to updates on the show, Steve DeSager. Yeah, and pretty much the only evening. one. I'm one out of one. So, yes. Steve, don't don't sell yourself short, okay? I, I'm all lead right? at it's the all anchor about desk. how you yes. spin it. That's right. <laughs> Final seconds of the first quarter. We have a Game 7 in the NBA playoffs, ending a first-round series tonight. It's uh, the Celtics hosting the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's Boston 25-17 in the lead as they wind down this first period. The Bucks, uh, until a moment ago, were just 6 of 18 shooting, while Boston was 10 of 18. We do have Golden State in action later tonight to start the second round, hosting New Orleans. Still awaiting word on Steph Curry. He's called questionable, but did go through shoot-around. Utah guard Ricky Rubio could miss a week or more with his hamstring injury. In the NHL playoffs, Sharks at Vegas underway. That's game two of a second rounder. Boston opened its second round, winning at Tampa Bay 6-2. The Major League Baseball, Dodgers won a first of a doubleheader 15-6 at San Francisco, but Yasiel Puig left with a sore hip. He's also getting x-rays on his foot. Arizona got a 10-inning 4-3 win at Washington. The Diamondbacks have won each of their first nine series to start the season the first NL team to do that since 1907. And yes, plenty of NFL news today. The Cowboys acquired wide receiver Tavon Austin from the Rams, intend to use him in the running game a lot. The Eagles re-signed running back Darren Sproles. And Philadelphia drafted an offensive tackle prospect, Jordan Mailata, a former Australian rugby player, six foot eight, about 350 pounds. We also had the so-called Mr. Irrelevant, the final overall selection, Redskins in the seventh round, taking SMU wide receiver Trey Quinn, back to you. Thank you, Steve DeSager. It's Brian Noeni from Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. You know what's crazy? In 2018, everybody seems to be getting sensitive. Sometimes people are sensitive with good reason, but other times it's just, you know, sensitive to be sensitive. I'm surprised someone hasn't bellyached about the tagline, Mr. Irrelevant, and, oh, you've worked so hard to realize your dreams, and all we're doing is just besmirching the reputation of... <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, that it turned into that. You know what? The funny age. thing no. is I agree with you. It's it, it seemed to me like that would be a problem all of a sudden, right? That's, uh-huh. that's bullying. You're bullying yeah. him. He's just right. living... Yeah. Out. <laughs> i lump that in there with that. But, and I by mean, the way, yeah. They, yeah go ahead. He gets a parade. He gets a car. Yeah. You know, not Newport bad. Beach, they roll out the red carpet. You have some fun with I'm just surprised, like you, Ephraim. I'm surprised. Because there are times where 
I, I, we, I should keep track of something just absurd that someone complains about, and it would be a laundry list of stuff. I'm surprised Mr. Irrelevant isn't on the list. It hasn't made it, you know? Yeah. It's coming. It's probably on the way. The other thing that Steve DeSager said in his update that stood out, Tavon Austin getting traded to the Cowboys for a sixth-round pick. I was thinking, Ephraim, you think about Tavon Austin, who was a bust with the Rams, but had a huge contract extension while also being a bust. Oh, you don't see God. many of those guys. That they typically like- doesn't happen. You just wash out. You don't do anything. He washed out, didn't do anything, but got a huge extension on top of it. That's what you get when you're one of the best players on a terrible team. Right? Like, I mean, this was a receiver who didn't run routes. They didn't line him up as a receiver. I don't know how you can pay someone $40-plus plus million for bubble screens. Right. Like, literally yeah, and bubble arounds. screens and end-arounds. And it just, when they did that, I was like, wow. And I, and I remember we all saw it because they were on hard knocks when it happened. And they brought him in. They gave him the contract extension, and he was excited. And I was just like, I wonder how this is going to end. This isn't – I mean, it just – you can't – you can't – you can't line him up as a receiver and have him run some routes. He can't do enough. He's not productive enough, I should say, with the given scheme that they had him in to warrant $46 million. It just it yeah. just, it just didn't. And I remember at the time that he got his extension, DeAndre Hopkins wanted an extension as well. Right. And Rick Smith, the GM at the time, was like, because DeAndre held out for a day. Mm-hmm. And Rick Smith, the GM, was like, we're really disappointed. I don't know what he's thinking. He's not getting a contract extension. And the next thing you know, DeAndre Hopkins back in camp. He's like, uh, all right, forget it then. I guess I'll just be back here now. DeAndre Hopkins, Ephraim, no comparison between he Not even and- close. Oh my you can't gosh! Even, matter of fact, you should uh, slap yourself for saying them in the same <laughs> sentence. You put a, should have put a period in between DeAndre Hopkins' uh, name and Tavon Austin. Yeah, but Tavon Austin got the huge extension, and DeAndre Hopkins, who put up all of these yards, all of these touchdowns, unreal. all of unreal. these catches, Texans are like, "No, we're not giving you anything." So get back in camp. Right. <laughs> and he was like, all right, okay, I guess I'll get back in camp. Well, you see and last he, year. He got what, his big deal yeah. since. Yeah. You see what happened yeah. last year with Dwayne Brown. He was like, yeah, I'm no, I'm holding out. And he held out till week nine. Yeah. Played one uh, week against Seattle with the Texans, and then that Monday was traded to the Seattle. That's right. So, you know, it's um, it's one of those things is, as, a, as a player, you have to know your worth. And if you know that you're underpaid and you deserve more, then you only have a short time in a small window. And a lot of fans mm-hmm. don't understand that. They think, just get there and they'll take care of you. That's not necessarily true. Because in this violent sport that we play, anything can happen. In practice, how many guys have we seen? We lost Deshaun Watson for the year in practice. I know it. Right? So yeah. it's not a just come to camp, everything will work itself out. Because what will happen is a good buddy of mine played with me um, – uh, for the Houston Texans, he was our our best offensive lineman, played uh, left guard. He was on a contract year, and the market value for him coming up on free agency was about $62 million. Oh. And right around week, I want to say, eight, 
Mm-hmm. He had a devastating knee injury, shattered his knee, and mm-hmm. it changed the whole his whole career trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think he played a couple years after that, but he was never the same. It just didn't it so when you when I see players holding out saying, Hey, I'm being underpaid or whatever that is, then I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with yeah. that because teams are quick to replace you. They don't mind. Right. It's no loyalty on, on their part. And if you're one of the top players at a position and you're not compensated like you are, then your window is just getting smaller and smaller every hit you take. Yeah, it's true because it's a two-way street. Yes. And it's one of these where – think about Julio Jones right now. The talk with him and eliminating everything Atlanta Falcon related on Instagram and they dra- just drafted uh, Calvin Ridley. Right. So you start stop and think, like, maybe there is something to this. But you think about Julio Jones – who is well compensated, but he's looking up at a lot of receivers. A lot. When you can make an argument that he's the best one. And so, to your point, Ephraim, it's one of these where I used to be in the line of thinking where if you're on year two of a new contract extension or even year three of a long-term deal and now all of a sudden you're asking for more money, I used to think, well, you just signed this deal. But the flip side of that is, after year one, if you're underproducing or you got banged up a little bit, that team can go, you know what? Ask rip Des, ask Des rip Bryant. to this contract. Yeah. That's Des Bryant. Look at him. Yeah. <clears throat> Set to make 12.5, and they're like, yeah, it's a little too rich. It's 16.5 with the cap hit. Right. So it's uh, it's time to part ways, Des. That's the way it goes. That we And, and, and – Media and fans only see it the way the organization sees it, right? If and that's you, the wrong way. It's you, the wrong you way. You sign to a see big it. contract and you don't perform, then you're it's gone. It's over. You can have three years left on that deal. It doesn't matter. Now, as for a player, if you sign a contract and you outperform the contract, and you're at the top of the list of of, of best players, and you're compensated at the bottom of the list of best players, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Right? Just like they'll tear up the contract when they don't want to pay you, tear it up and renegotiate. That's the right. way I look at it. Yeah, it's, it's just one of these where it's so inconsistent, especially with fans, mostly with fans, and a good portion of the media as well, where the – the star player who's holding out for more money, it's like, oh, honor the contract, and then you can hear a pin drop when a team will just outright release a guy whenever they feel like it. It's Gone. like, how can that be? How can you be so loud when a star player is holding out for more money and say nothing when a team doesn't honor the contract either and just gets rid of them? Because everyone always looks like you're hurting the team. The team is right, the players are wrong. And I I'm it's us against them. I'll never I I'll never be on that side. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've I've seen some heinous things go down. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They don't care. It's only about team and loyalty when it's dealing with the players. When an NBA right. star leaves his team and you start burning his jersey and oh, all of gosh. that. It's the first thing they do, man. <laughs> Why don't they boycott teams when they trade players? Right. Right? Why don't why don't they do that? 
are cut players, yeah. are beloved players. Why does anybody like take a pair of scissors to like a Celtics logo or right. something? I don't know. <laughs> right? <Anything. laughs> never happens like that. <laughs> no, it, it never does. It's always the player's fault. <laughs> Who cares that yeah. you want to you want to move your family and have more security and yeah. <laughs> what? It's crazy, it is strange. Man. It really, it, it is, really is. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna have an update coming up next from the Geico Studios. We're still trying to pinpoint this Emmy that I was ripped off of of getting from my just unbelievable display. We got to get our hands on this. Hey, 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 hey! Papa Bear's hitting the wrong button there, over there in the studios. Right. <laughs> this is a great, great acting performance. We're trying to get the footage so we could tweet that out. So we're hot on the trails, and also this. What Baker Mayfield has in common with a bad Netflix movie. It's on the way. It's Brian Noeni from Salam live with you right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Brian Noeni from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. E from Salam, I did some radio in Albany, New York. Okay. And one of the things that they did, like a lot of radio stations, we'd go out and say, like, hey, watch Monday Night Football. We'll, we'll be giving stuff away. Come to the local sport, sports bar, that type of thing. And a lot of times they would give us just these horrible movies to give away. Just you could tell by looking at it, it was a bad movie. Like I had never seen it before, but just the cover of it, whatever it was named. You know, if you're scrolling <laughs> through Netflix. Right. And you'll see something that you recognize, and you're like, I haven't seen that, but that looks like it could be good. And then you see that one movie where, like, there's mm. no chance this can be good right. at all. That's how I feel about May- Baker Mayfield going to the Browns. That's what I think it is. I think it's Baker Mayfield who I don't believe is the solution. Remember we were talking about Ryan Leaf? He brought up something really interesting. He was a guest on Fox Sports Radio a little more than a month ago. And he said, there's nothing I've seen from Baker Mayfield that would suggest when he has a bad game, when the town's all over him, when he's getting crushed in the papers, there's nothing that suggests he's going to be able to handle it. Right. And that's and the, then you put him yeah. on that team, right? That's the problem, right? It's it not is. about his successes and his ability to compete. It's about when you go to a system that has been broken for decades and you're looked upon to be the answer. Mm-hmm. Whichever player they took with that first pick was going to it, – It's he's the answer to the problem that's been plaguing the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. Right? So, Baker Mayfield and his confidence and – his lack of maturity and, you know, some of the things that he got into off the field doesn't lend to being the type of person that can weather the storm if they go 0-16 again and the brunt right. of the blame is placed on your shoulders. Yeah, or 3-13, and 4-12, whatever. That's you know, not, he has the three-interception right. game. He stinks it up. I just I don't see because to me I'm not going to compare him to Johnny Manziel all across the board because to my knowledge I don't think he has a drug problem like Johnny once did and hopefully doesn't anymore. Right. But one aspect that he was very similar to Johnny Manziel is that Baker he says the right thing 
And then oftentimes he does the wrong thing. In press conferences, when he's got a microphone in front of his face, it's all what you want to hear. Perfect. It's, hey, I, I know better than that. I got to mature. I got to be smarter about that. I will. I'll grow. And then he'll do something where you're like, dude, you're not doing what you just said you should be doing. We call that lip service. That's exactly what it is. You got the lip service with Johnny, and you didn't get the results. Right. And you get the lip service with Baker, and a handful of instances, you haven't gotten the results. You know, hopefully the GM and the head coach didn't outthink themselves. We're going to go with the guy with the edge. Well, you don't have a team – with edge, so you're going to place the burden on a young man who's had a questionable pass and made questionable decisions on and off the court, on and off, and on and off the field, right? So I'm not, I'm not, willing, especially coming in as a new GM, I'm not, I'm not willing to bet the farm and my livelihood on this kid. I'm not because I'm yeah, not either. he's going to be one. They're going to want him to play now. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor's there and, and, and so on and so forth. The one thing you don't want is to, to be the fifth game of the season. You guys are 0-4, Baker Mayfield struggling, and the crowd is chanting Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> right. How's he going to yeah. deal with that? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, and it's one of these where uh, you can see it from five miles away. If he gets off to a bad start, it's going to be, well, it's the Browns, and no one has a chance with that organization, and that's the way it's going to be portrayed. But to me, it's I've never bought into that. Am I supposed to believe that there is no human being on the face of the earth that could play quarterback for that organization and have any type of success? Maybe not like lavish team success, but just some shred of individual success. Like It's impossible. Like as There's- a rookie or a veteran player? As a rookie and just as, you know, if you're there for the a three, four-year stretch, mm-hmm. right? There's nobody that can go there. Like, I look at all these 28 starting quarterbacks since 1999, and I say, who was really good elsewhere? You've got, like, Jeff Garcia and a little morsel of Jake DeLome. Right. That's about it. Did you see, like, Spurgeon win go to another team and just flourish? <laughs> he was just all world. <laughs> No, like look at the quarterbacks themselves. Don't just look at the franchise. I get it, but nobody, I, yeah. nobody can have success. But I think it's it's the quarterbacks as well as the franchise, and the talking point turns into it's just the franchise. Nobody can go in there and have well, success. Well, it's just a franchise until someone has success. Yeah. Right? And so, right now, it's the franchise. <laughs> if Baker Mayfield comes out and he gets him to six wins, seven wins, and he has a yeah. great season, okay, it was the quarterback. But right now, it's the Browns. I got a confession to make, Eve from Salam. And I'm here to listen to it. When Steve DeSager mentioned that it was game seven tonight and it was currently going on, I said to myself, oh, that's right. (laughs) And then I thought, that is really telling about a game seven. And it turns into the, oh, yeah, that's right. That is on tonight, isn't it? 
right? I mean, I love NBA hoops. I love the playoffs. But Celtics versus Bucks hasn't exactly been like clear your schedule, watch this series type stuff. It's been a good game. It's been a good series, though. It's been all right. Yeah. It's been a good series. Now, of course, we're missing a little star power on the Celtics mm-hmm. side. But mm-hmm. the fact that Tatum and uh, Brown, these two young players, have elevated their game. They get Marcus Smart back. I mean, it's it's been competitive. Anytime you have a game seven in, in any series, it's competitive. So that's whether you like to watch competitive basketball or not. Sure. And Giannis has just been unbelievable. But you think about this. I think the Bucks are kind of like the Blazers. Follow me on this point. Where the Blazers, it was so sobering for them to get obliterated by the Pelicans, right? They got swept by New Orleans. That not Houston, not the Rock, not the Warriors, the Pels. You know, so that really puts into perspective where they are in the pecking order. If you think about the Bucks, if you aren't able to get by the Celtics without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Hayward, what are you thinking about your chances going forward? Yeah, you got some things to work on. Yeah, you, you do. know, you got you got some <laughs> things to work on, and you know, watching this series. We know Giannis Antetokounmpo is a superstar. We do. We we see it. Um, but Thron Maker, since he's been inserted into the starting lineup, he's given them life, right? So you watching these young players, and they're stepping up. They're getting opportunities, and that's the thing I like, especially about the playoffs, because you never know which formula or which combination is going to work. Unless mm-hmm. you have a stacked team and you know what your starting five is and they're the Golden State Warriors and, and they've been playing together and you know what's going to happen, you get these younger guys who were put in these high-stress situations and you really get to see what you have. Like, mm-hmm. you really get to see the growth and the future. You really get to look at the future of of your franchise and what you do need to work on and what you do need to improve for next year. And watching sure. this Milwaukee-Boston series, you see a lot of that, right? You see, mm-hmm. you know, Al Horford playing out of his mind, being the veteran on that team. You see Tatum being a, a rookie who is stepping up to the challenge. You see Brown as a second-year player, like, okay, all of the stars are gone. It's on my shoulders. And that's promising. The Lake, I mean, the Celtics will have – an Eastern Conference dynasty for the next five, six years when they get uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back. It's there. Right. The pieces yeah. are there. When you look at the Bucks, you see uh, the Greek freak, what he's able to do. You see, um, uh, what's the kid's name? was Rookie of the Year uh, last year. Um, uh, most people don't even know that oh, he, oh, he won oh, the, Brogdon. 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 You see yeah. him. I was I was going through the archives like rookie r- last year. Right. No man, one right. testing me here. No yeah. one even knows that he was a rookie of the year last year. You're right. It's completely lost but in the he's, shuffle. He's playing on Milwaukee. Who watches Milwaukee? I think they had like three <laughs> national televised games. But you get a chance to see it, him. And that's just in Milwaukee. Right, exactly. No, but you get a chance to see him and what he brings to the table as a young player moving forward. And then you have Thron Maker, 
who is also a young uh, player who may be 40, we're still looking for a birth certificate for him. We don't we don't know what's going on. I remember he was 16 years old. I was like, that's somebody's daddy. I said, that's a grown man out there. Ain't no way in hell that boy's 16 years old. You can't just look at him not having facial hair and think that he's young. Like, you he know, was, you got, he, you got he to was look closer the, than that. He was in the, like a sophomore, and I was like, he's seven feet one, dribbling the ball up and down the court, dunking on these little kids. In high school, you know, a few years back, and now to see his growth and since he's been in the starting lineup, they've been a different team. He's, his level has increased. So as a GM yeah. and as a coach, you're looking, you're like, okay, we're one piece away. right? What is that piece? What is the deficiency? What do we need? And these games have been hard fought. These games have, have, have definitely not been – so lopsided. The Celtics won one one seventeen one sixteen to ninety two, uh, but they've been competitive games, and and that's mm-hmm. what I like. When you get to the playoffs, I want to see competitive games because once the playoffs start, no matter if you're one seed or eight seed, everybody's zero zero. It doesn't matter what you've done previously. It's about what you do moving forward, and I, I love it. I, I I love the matchup. I I, I love the. The two seven matchup, and one of these teams is is, is going to shake shake free and, and and do something. That's the that's the great part of game sevens. No matter what yeah. side you're on, that that's the best part because something's going to happen, right? Well, like it it's going to it the outcome will be. We will know what the outcome is, and I love that aspect of it. Well, I look at it where. I'll just add to what you were talking about. It definitely gives you an idea of where you really rank. Mm-hmm. If you think about the Bucks, let's just say they lose game seven. It's like, whoa, man. They didn't have Kyrie. They didn't have Gordon Hayward. And we still lost as a seven seed. Right. We got a lot of work to do. So that isn't all bad. You know, That puts you on the grind a lot more because you don't want to keep getting your head kicked in, right? Right. So it depends on how teams go about that. Take OKC, for instance. OKC, last year, they got blown out by the Rockets. And Sam Presti said, all right, we got to get better, a lot better, real quickly. And what did they do? They reached, they got Carmelo, who has a $28 million option next year, which he is obviously going to pick up. You got Paul George who might be out the door for nothing as a free agent. Guaranteed Paul George is not coming back to OKC. I love where he was like, yeah, I'd love to still be here with the Thunder, but uh, (laughs) we'll see how this summer goes. (laughs) So that was a team in OKC that reached, and they got rid of Oladipo, and they got rid of Sabonis, and they might have gotten rid of those pieces who are balling out, playing really well for the Pacers. Yep, Oladipo had a triple-double last night. They're playing really well, and you might have dealt those players for air. What <laughs> turns out to be a one-year rental of Paul George. So sometimes teams overreact to where they currently stack up, and they just can't be patient enough to see it through. Yeah, because now with how fast teams are getting better and guys joining other guys, you feel the pressure. As a GM, you feel the pressure. We got to do it now, right? Yeah. And we argued a little bit about this last last year about you know what at For what a few cost months. right right <laughs> at what cost will you try to get better now it turns out that the cost that Oklahoma City paid it didn't pay off 
Yeah. Right? So it didn't pay off. It didn't help you at all. So now you lose a guy in Paul George. He's gone. You got to pay a guy who – and let's talk about that that game. Mm. If, mm. if I, Because I <laughs> – I'm sitting there watching that game, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what is happening? That was bad. <laughs> I mean, that was bad. Like, I'm talking, I'm speaking strictly in terms of of the, the, the <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Carmelo Anthony. Oh, man. What, I, I don't know what happened. I, yeah, but it happened fast. You know what it is, Ephraim? It's like I don't wish injury on anybody. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But in this instance, I actually hope that Carmelo is injured because that would at least help explain why he's been so bad. I would rather that he was dealing with some injury that's been under the radar than he just doesn't have game anymore, <laughs> right? Right. I, I would rather he's battling through something. I mean, he couldn't even beat. He played 26 minutes. That's it. Like, he couldn't – they couldn't even rely on him to be in the game. And he was mad. You saw him on the bench. He was frustrated. The first time he – I think he played four minutes in the first quarter, and then he went right to the bench. And I think he was frustrated because he was like, I'm ready, I'm tuned in. But he not only was an offensive liability, he was a defensive liability on the court. Couldn't stay in front of anybody. Couldn't guard. Wasn't helping. And then his shot was, uh, I mean, the first shot he took, he airballed. So I think that was it. I think once the coach saw that, he was like, look, we got we to gotta, we gotta move forward. We cannot, we cannot put this onus on him. And they put in Grant, who brought energy, you know, shot blocking ability. Carmelo Anthony was, took seven shots. When is the last time he took seven shots? He was three for seven, but he just didn't have any confidence in his shot. So he didn't want to take it. So if you don't want to shoot, and you don't want to guard anybody, then we we can't do it. Right. You're just taking up space, man. <laughs> he's getting paid 28 mil next year. But the other thing is, man, you talk about just a kick in the teeth. Is Paul George two for 16? Yeah. Five points. Five points. Two for 16 in an elimination game. Playoff and he could P, be baby. heading elsewhere. Playoff right? P. <laughs> I, he's the opposite of playoff Rondo. Playoff Paul. And mm. and you guys and you and guys are going to annihilate Westbrook. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill him. Shooting forty three times, taking nineteen three pointers. But when you look at that team, I know what I'd else? rather he shot it that many times. That's the right? o- that's the only reason that game was close. It's the only yeah, reason. Like what? You wanted Paul George to be like three for 24 instead? Like, what do you want? I'd rather have Russ jacking shots up. Nobody else was doing anything offensively. Like, he was he was really out there by himself, literally. Yeah. And, I mean, 19 threes, and he's not even a great three. He's not even a good three-point shooter. But the fact that he had to keep shooting them to give him an opportunity to stay in the game I mean, he scored 46 points on 43 shots. I mean, that's atrocious. But yeah, it was needed. Like, he had to. Nobody, yeah. only one other player had double figures, and that's Adams. Right. That's right. it. Think it, about that. It was that. very efficient. Nine for 11. With that the starting field. lineup, Carmelo Anthony, yeah. Coy Brewer, Paul George, uh, Adams, 
Russell Westbrook. Two of those guys, only two of those guys scoring double figures and nobody else on the end, including the bench. They got nothing from the bench. They got Grant. Grant came in when Carmelo went out, played 30 minutes, gave you nine points, you know, a couple rebounds, some steals, blocks. But other than that, you got nothing. Right. And that's the thing with Westbrook, man. I know he gets crushed for taking that many shots. But why would he trust his teammates in that game? Can't. Not saying that they're always horrible. Paul George was two for 16. Why would Russell Westbrook do everything he can to try to get Paul George some more shots? <laughs> why? Why would he? And that is tough, man. That's a bitter pill. When Paul George doesn't do anything on the same night that Victor Oladipo goes for a triple-double. And that was part of the trade that sent each other to the other team, right? Yeah. That's tough, man. That yeah. makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's tough. And on the other side of this break, uh, I want to talk about etiquette. Etiquette? I want to talk about etiquette. Okay. A little bit of et- Okay, uh, maybe I might be picking up what you're putting down here. Okay. Maybe a legitimate hissy fit, possibly. We'll see what that is. I think that's where you're going with it. And if that's where you're going with it, I actually agree with it. But we'll have to find out coming up next if I even am on the same track as you or you're talking about like a Netflix movie and I completely misread this whole thing. I don't know. We'll find out next. It's Brian No Any from Salam live here from the Geico Studios. It's Fox Sports Radio. It's Brian No Any from Salam. Here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Before you get to etiquette, Ephraim, we got a couple of tweets here. Wanted to share with everybody. You can tweet us at the No Show at Ephraim Salam. Ray checks in. I think Cleveland Browns translates to "out of their minds" in some ancient language. <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty good. good. Jerry checks in and says, "Keep pouring fuel to the Mayfield fire. He loves it when you talking heads talk trash." Hmm. All right, we'll see. see All right, man. Unfolds. (laughs) And Kevin, he tweets in, Nose hero LeBron James and his Cavs will be going home tomorrow night when the Pacers win game seven. You sign off on that, Ephraim? I liked that tweet. Do you sign off on it? Yeah, I put a little heart on there. You know, this little heart (laughs) button. I I clicked that heart button. You hearted that one, huh? I hearted that. So are you saying it's going down? Cleveland's over. Watching, no first round uh, watching that, survival. And I know each game is different, right? But watching that Cleveland Cavalier game uh, yesterday, it, it it made me really see the deficiencies uh, that Cleveland and and LeBron James is it, it, he's working with. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough when you have a starting lineup that. LeBron James is going to have to have 60. <laughs> Think about this. He's going to have to have 60 because Jose Calderon had zero points. Kyle Korver, your sharpshooter, six points. My guy. He's my guy now? J.R. Smith. I love Kyle Korver. He was terrible. Nine points. I was Kevin from, Love. I was, he wasn't there. He didn't show up. Seven points. Yeah. At least – I mean, give me something. Give me a post presence, right? Don't just run to the corner and stand there. If it's not falling, 
you're three for 10, go to the post. Let's run the offense through you in the post. That at least that's what we can do. Right? Right. You got you have some uh, and then, offensive creativity. You got to run plays, do something, man. You, you you get 25 points respectively off the bench between Green and Hood, but it's not enough. It's they'll it's, be fine. It, it's, They're going to win. It's leaning toward LeBron James at home in Cleveland to win. But what I'm saying is if the Pacers don't buy into that and they come out and they play ball, I mean, they got seven guys scoring in double figures. That's that's tough. But that's that's been the case for the series, though. Right? That's a lot of production. That's a lot of production you're getting from other guys, not just Victor. That's a lot of production. And that's hard to beat because you know if Victor is off, those last two games that Cleveland won, Victor had been off, and they still were within striking distance. And that was in Cleveland. So that's what, when you look at it like, what are the chances the Pacers do have an opportunity to really upset LeBron James and the Cavaliers at home in in Cleveland in a Game 7? LeBron James has never been in a Game 7 in the first round before. Yeah. He's never been I in mean, an elimination game in the first round before. Right. right? They so, got a chance. Certainly they got a chance, but their chances aren't great. You're why why wouldn't why Cavs wouldn't team. they be? They, yeah, because they'll see a different see Cavs team, what, but those guys saw, those guys still have to make shots. And even right, but when what LeBron you saw in game 6. Yeah, but what even, you saw in game 6, you're not going to see from like Shaq calls the others, the role players. You're not going to see that same effort from I'm the not, role players I'm not at convinced. home in Game Seven. I'm not convinced, and that's the problem. Normally, you'd be like, "Yeah, they're going to bring it," but we've been waiting for these guys, this supporting cast of the Cleveland Cavaliers, to bring it the entire playoffs, right? Well, you saw a couple of huge shots from Corver. Um, remember those back-to-back threes a little I get bit it. earlier in the I, series? I, I understand yeah. that, but even yeah. with all of that, they were still in position to lose. They got demolished yesterday. I'm talking about demolished. This wasn't even – this wasn't – they got embarrassed. They did. It, it happens. It doesn't the happen like this. get out of control. Yeah, it, it, you're right. But when you're coming down to like game one, game two, game even game three, yeah, you might mm-hmm. have that, right? But once you get into the flow of a playoff series, you know your opponent. You've studied them. You've played them three, four times, five times, six times already – <laughs> you don't have those lopsided games like that. It doesn't. It, it shouldn't work like that, especially not in the NBA. So what? What I'm seeing when I'm watching that game, and I'm looking at LeBron, and if you just watch him, the the level of effort he's putting out is he can't keep that up. That's the problem. He can't keep that up the entire playoff. He. I don't think he can keep it up for another game. He's been having to do oh, good for a game. everything. Yeah, I, and it's they rested look, him. He got some your actual level rest. Of panic is pretty high. I'm in not. This I'm one. not panicking. It sounds like I'm, it's not. It, I'm not panicking. <laughs> concern. How about this? Your level of concern oh, that, for the Cavs winning better. Game Seven seems pretty high. It, that because it's true. Because now you're in a situation <laughs> where LeBron James can't come out of the game. Right? He can't well, come out. He can't come out of the game. We don't know who's going to show up. Right? Is Kevin Love going to show up? I don't know. Every time they he will. touches the floor, he's hurt. 
You're going to see a different concussion, supporting wrist, cast in game seven. Hip, foot. Right, J.R. Smith, we don't, you never know what you're going to get with J.R. Smith. Well, that's the thing, man. I was at the game last night. I went there with the lovely Christina. We were there in Indianapolis. And it was funny because the guys behind us, there was one guy, every time J.R. Smith touched the ball, he was like, get him out of the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> every single time he was like, Ty Lue, he's not the same guy. Get him out of there, man. The whole game and every single shot that he threw up seemed to miss. J.R. Smith did not have a good game, but you're going to see a different supporting cast in Game 7. You can't say that because they haven't proven it. That's the problem. They have not proven that. So just saying it, yo, these guys are going to show up. I don't, I don't believe you. I don't, you don't believe I don't, me. I don't believe you. <laughs> okay. So what do we have a bet here? How can we arrange this? How do where... you want to do it? What do you, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm – thinking, the Pacers, definitely, because, I mean, you got multiple guys you can go to. You can bring Lance Steven off the bench, and he's going to give you action. He's going to give you action. You may not agree with all the things that he does, but he you cannot, you cannot deny that he, he brings energy. He brings energy to that second group, and when he's out there, guys are faster. He's, he's got those guys tuned in. Whatever you think of his antics, he's is a method to his madness. So bringing him and Sabonis off the bench, those are two bona fide scores, right? Those are Look, two guys who got you over thirty points, thirty-one points off the bench. That's huge in the playoffs. If you can get thirty-one points from your bench, you can, I, I you can that, laugh at it. You can look, laugh. I, I, look, hey, it, it sounds I'm just funny. Thinking like this. I'm thinking like this, though, Ephraim. Follow me on this one. I think your reaction shows what you expect. Not just you. I'm talking fans in general. I'm talking sports fans in general. Your reaction shows what you expect. I'll take a couple of players and apply it in this series. Victor Oladipo goes off and has a, a brilliant game earlier in the series. Remember, boy... Uh, Bogdanovich went for 30 and played good defense. We're like, look at this guy, unbelievable. We wouldn't react that way if that's what we expected, right? So when LeBron, you know, the only time we crush LeBron is when he doesn't show up and play well because we deep down expect him to play well all the time. All the time. All the time. So if you apply it to this series, you know, Victor Oladipo went two for 15 the game prior. And you didn't hear anything about it. No. Why? Because we don't expect him night in and night out to bring it and produce. That's correct. That's the case. So that's where we're at. And I think that has an impact on how someone might look at the series as a whole. That's why I'll go on Twitter and get a tweet. It's going down game seven. No, Cavs are going home, blah, blah, blah. You won't get the Cavs fan that gets giddy for a first round Game seven, you know, because they expect the Cavs to win. You're not going to get the tweet of the guy expecting his team to win, getting all chesty. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think they expect. I, don't, I think they're nervous right now. I think those Cavs fans are nervous. I, I promise you. I think yeah. they're nervous because they've seen exactly what I've seen. You got to remember, I'm not a Pacer fan. Right. I'm not a Pacer fan. All I'm, I love basketball. So when I sit and I watch these games, I'm looking as a fan of, of, of the game, not either team, and I'm saying, wow, this is crazy, the fact that LeBron James 
has to play every second of every game and give maximum effort. He has to chase people down, uh, dribble it off the off the glass uh, and block it. Get it, take it, be the point guard, bring it down, They'll set be the fine. offense. That you They're can't. Fine. Nah, nah. We'll figure out a bet. Maybe it'll just be a straight up bet: Cavs versus Pacers. Who wins? You know, we'll figure something out. We got to get to etiquette. Ephraim's etiquette. got some thoughts on etiquette coming up next. But a man who could absolutely give a sermon on etiquette, Mr. Steve DeSager <laughs> is with us. What's going on, Steve? What you guys are talking about with LeBron reminds me exactly of, remember three years ago when the finals, the first Golden State-Cleveland final, and Kyrie Irving had been hurt early, and it was LeBron and Matthew Dellavedova yeah. and Iman Shumpert and Timothy right. Mozgov and Tristan Thompson. I looked up the numbers. James single-handedly took the series to six games that year. He averaged 46 minutes per game in the finals, 36 points average, and 13 rebounds, nine assists for Cleveland. Yes, he had they, to do they can Right. If they can beat the Warriors twice with that supporting cast, yeah. they can beat the Pacers at home in Game 7. Yes, we have a Game 7 tonight. That was a, that was a, how long ago was that? Three years. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a long time, that's a long time ago. So you, you, Have you, you seen think LeBron that, slowed down since? I mean, I think he's playing at an a, a all-time high level right now. Yeah. Those yeah. guys on his team are not. Kevin Love has slowed down. J.R. Smith has slowed down. We don't even know who Tristan Thompson is. He has some other issues. He gets in the game and is irrelevant. You're talking about Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. That's who Tristan Thompson, who's making, oh, by the way, $18 million a year, nothing. We, we got to get, get the nothing. girls from the hookah lounge courtside to right. kind of perk Tristan get, up. Get, let's get that okay. going. Yeah. But that's the problem. That's what we're having. We're having a situation where you guys are, are, are comparing a team from three years ago, you knew what you were getting out no, of Delhi. No, Delhi was Steve brought up. Steve brought I up. I said a it, very reminds weak supporting cast, it reminds me. Exactly it reminds me exactly. But happened. you knew That's what Delhi was going. Delhi was going to give you everything. He was going to black somebody's eye, chip somebody's tooth. <laughs> That's right. Score seven points. <laughs> it, go for it. You yeah. know he was just going to give you everything. I don't see a guy in this supporting cast who fits that mold right now. We have an injury update on the Game 7 going on right now at Boston. Jalen Brown is not playing. Right hamstring injury. He's mm. trying to work it out in the hallway. The Celtics were up at the half on Milwaukee, even though Boston from three-point range was 1-for-12 in the first half. And the Celtics still lead 65-56 with about five and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Al Horford with 24 points on 12-of-15 shooting. In the late game, it'll be Golden State opening the second round in an hour, hosting New Orleans, and Steph Curry is still out but should return to play on Tuesday. In the NHL, a first-period goal at Vegas for the home team. They're now up 2-1 over the Sharks in the second. Boston opened its second-round series with a 6-2 win at Tampa Bay. To baseball, five perfect innings in Houston tonight for Astros starter Lance McCullers. He's allowed a couple of hits now, but in the seventh is leading 9-0 over the Oakland A's. And on FS1 right now, Yankees at Angels. End of the first inning, it's 5-0 Yankees in the lead with Masahiro Tanaka on the mound and D.H. Shohei Otani not in the lineup tonight due to a mild ankle sprain. For now, he's due to pitch on Tuesday. They don't know how that's going to work out. And Arizona, the best team in the National League, won again. 10-inning victory at Washington, 4-3 earlier on FS1, thanks to a bases-loaded walk. Back to you. Thank you, Steve DeSager. It's Brian Noe and Ephraim Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 
It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Ephraim, you had some thoughts on etiquette. I am all ears. I want to hear this. Let's talk about etiquette. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about uh, you going into someone's place of business. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. And you're enjoying them doing their job, whether you're for them or against them. But you're there, you're having a good time, you're tossing a couple back, right? Mm-hmm. And an intense atmosphere, lot on the line, and your side comes out on top. Mm-hmm. There should be some type of etiquette when dealing with the opponent. So if the opponent is walking off the court and you're leaning over the railing, which you're not supposed to do, it's against the NBA rules, um, and you're placing a phone into someone's face who's trying to get back to the locker room, I mean, is that proper etiquette? And prior to that, going into halftime, you're screaming all kinds of, in- and you know, obscenities and mm-hmm. all kinds, just leaning over, screaming into, like, what is the, pro- what do you think the proper etiquette for that is? And I know fans will be fans, but as grown people, as as, as grown-ups, what do you think the proper etiquette is for that? Now, I see it both ways because I've been a fan and I've been a professional athlete. I've been called some heinous things, right? And I understand the emotion of losing a big game. I lost a Super Bowl. I know what that feels like. And I know the emotion you have when you're processing that and dealing with that right when it happens. So I was at breakfast uh, today with my my family, and we were talking about that, and it was two sides of the coin. Mm. One was, well, he's a professional. He knows better than that. And then the other side was, I mean, you, there are boundaries. There's certain boundaries that you shouldn't be allowed to cross as a fan. I wanted to get which side of the coin are you on and what are your thoughts on on the etiquette of being a fan? Yeah. Well, this is – you're referring to Russell Westbrook, yes. right? When he's walking off the court. So Russell Westbrook, after they lose game six and the series is over, there's a fan that's courtside that is mockingly trying to give him a high five. No, he had his phone in it. He was video he – he, he had his phone. His, oh, so it was his phone? It was his okay. phone. So he had leaned over, and the phone was literally like maybe six inches away from his face as he was walking. The guy walking. courtside was doing that? Yeah, the guy. Wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I, it may not have been the guy courtside. I'm talking about the guy who was when he went, got like to the— Like leaning over. Yeah, got right, to the beginning right. of the tunnel. There were two different times it happened. One at halftime and one at the end of the game. The one right. at halftime, the guy was barking and screaming in his face, and he turned and said, hey, get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Right, and then the next one was after the game when they lost. He's walking off, and the guy has the 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 phone, you know, obstructing the his pathway through the the tunnel. Right, right. and that's where Russ kind of slapped it away. Yeah, or at least got him away from him. Yeah, like get that um, bleep out of my face, man. Right. This is actually I'll answer that in a second, but let's listen to Russell Westbrook what he had to say about the whole thing. I don't confront fans. Fans confront me. Here in Utah, man, a lot of uh, disrespectful, vulgar things are said to the players here with these fans. Man, it's truly disrespectful. Talk about your families, uh, your kids, 
Um, and it's just a disrespect to the game, man. I think it's something that needs to be brought up. And I'm tired of just going out and playing and, and letting fans say what the hell they want to say. I'm not with that because if, if I was on the street, they wouldn't just come up to me and say anything crazy because I, 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 don't, I don't play that. So I just think it's disrespectful when they get the chance to do whatever they want to do. It needs to be uh, put to a stop, especially here in Utah. I mean, I look at it like this, Eve, from where, in this instance, I'm on Westbrook's side because he didn't do anything crazy. He didn't punch the guy in the nose. He basically did what the fan did to him, which was the fan heckles him and Westbrook's like, get out of my face. Right. You know, that's fine. That's, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, if he had stooped to a lower level, and and done something crazy. Now I got an issue with that. But as long as he's basically standing up for himself and saying, "Get out of my face! I'm not going to let you just yell in my face and just go on about my business." If that's all he does, there's nothing wrong with that. What do you think about the fan the, the fan side of it? Should well, there like, be I some type my of ticket? I'm allowed to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, type. but you, I hate but that you, mentality. Yeah, because so you bad. can't because there are rules in place for that reason. Yeah. Just because you buy a ticket, I don't care how much you pay for it, you don't get right. to, you're not at home. You don't get to do what you want to do. So the argument, people, well, you know, we pay for this, we we're fans, we come in and do this. That has no bearing or no merit in this situation because no, there are rules and guidelines. Just like you can't throw something at a player or throw something onto the court, you can't do it. You can't lean your body into a player's face and scream in obscenities to him. Like, what in what world is that okay? Right. And I have a I, I have a serious yeah. problem with that because I've been there. I've I've heard. Oh my god! I've I've heard some of the when I was in, even back in college. We go up to Utah. We go up to BYU and play BYU. Man, I heard some things up there. I was like, goodness gracious! <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. And it, you sure. know. That's not okay to me. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. I get your fan, and especially if you you won, you did it. You get to go celebrate. So what did, what did you get from demeaning someone who you just watch, paid to watch? Like, I don't I don't get the correlation there. And something has to be done. You can't do it. For me, you, because that's what incites a situation. Exactly. And that's where – that's where you need to have security around policing that. You can't have fans just dropping F-bombs and yelling. Remember Terrell Pryor with the Washington Redskins? Yeah. He was upset at Arrowhead, and he claimed that he was being called the N-word. Yep. And it's like, where's the security? How are you not throwing someone out? You talk about you know, inciting a riot or escalating a situation. That would be high on the list. Right? Like, <laughs> how are you not throwing those people out? Yeah, that'd be pretty. There needs to be way more of that. Yeah, it, it, just, it does. It's in the minority. It seldomly happens. But that's where we're at, man. I'll never forget. I, real, real quick. Well, I'll tell you on the other side. Okay. There's a story after a Notre Dame game, and I was walking next to Reggie Bush and Lendale White. And I'll tell you that story real quickly. And also this coming up next from the Geico Studios. One quarterback is getting scrutinized. While the other seems to be getting a free pass, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We'll dive into that. NFL draft talk. Brian Noeni from Salam. It's Fox Sports Radio. It's Brian Noeni from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. 
Ephraim, I am from South Bend, Indiana. I love Notre Dame football, <laughs> but I got to be honest. Okay. Got to be honest with you, okay? It was after the Bush push game in 05, and we were talking about fans doing crazy stuff, and this is because of Russell Westbrook. He had to deal with some crazy Utah Jazz fans last night. And so we're just having this conversation about what's uh, what's something that's acceptable and what isn't based on fan behavior. And I remember after the game, I was I was working on the pregame show at the time. And what was really cool, you could go down to the field for the final five minutes. And so I was on the field when Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinert and USC won the game. And so I was on the field right afterward. And so I just happened to be walking around, and I was near Reggie Bush and Lendale White. And as they were going in the tunnel, these Notre Dame fans were yelling all kinds of stuff where I was like, wow, <laughs> like that's colorful. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything racial, but it was still so over the top. We're talking F-bomb city, like blah, blah. I was just, and they're just walking like they don't even hear it. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I could do that. And more power to them because they're being professionals. But it's just crazy. It's crazy how much goes on. And security just doesn't even give it the time of day. And there are a lot of times where it leads to these situations. Remember the Jacksonville game last year? I think it was against the Seahawks. And there was a Seahawks defensive lineman that was trying to go up in the stands and take on the crowd. How do you think that starts? Do you think it's because someone's just wearing a Jaguars jersey, or because somebody yelled something crazy? Yeah, you don't. It's, people, what people fail to realize is that these are grown men. Yeah, right. And Russell Westbrook was right. Like if I was walking on the street, it's no way right. you'd come up to me and say that. So what is the difference? From you saying it to me at Starbucks or at Coffee Bean, <laughs> then you, on while I'm walking off, my leaving my job, right? Like, what yeah. is the difference? Like, where's the where's what's the difference? The fact that you paid to come in there, you didn't pay to come in there to be able to do that, right? Your, your Would ticket, anybody say that at Starbucks? Would anybody say, "Hey, I, I paid for this Vente latte"? Right, I can right. cuss you out and call you yeah. whatever you want. I can no. Uh. Spit not at Starbucks, in your though. Face. Not at Starbucks, No, though. we don't. The brothers, yeah, we don't yeah, do Starbucks yeah. no more. A lot of people don't go to Starbucks no more. No, yeah, no, we no, good. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, like, I didn't even catch that at first. You you retracted Starbucks you, and threw it, out coffee, coffee bean. bean right? you, see, you see me take it away, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not playing. I'm not messing around with Starbucks, man. Oh, We're man. not doing that. All of this. Look, and, and, that, and that fits right along in line. Like, you don't get to do what you want to do. Right. Right? You don't get to. It, it, there's repercussions for your actions. Right. In society, in life in general, there's repercussions for your actions. So you don't get to be that guy. You don't get to spew hatred or whatever that is. Right. You you don't get to impede my way with your phone because you want to get a picture of or a video of me. Upset because I just lost a playoff game or lost a playoff series like that's not that's not what you paid for. Your money for you, your ticket doesn't include that, right? But that's the problem, though. I totally agree. But the problem is, it has been exactly like that for far too long, where the fan thinks that they're allowed to. Yeah. It's like it's almost like a parent where 
you know, if a if a kid eats ice cream every night before bed, and then the parents like, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. The kid's going to be like, but this is what I do. This is how it goes. I have ice cream before bed. This is what I'm entitled to have. Right. <laughs> That's how fans are because security hasn't stepped in and said, this is unacceptable and you're out of here because they haven't. The fan thinks, well, I can do this. I paid for my ticket. Therefore, it's okay because they haven't been told otherwise. That's exactly right. And when at when it happened at halftime and they pointed the guy out to security and all of that, if that guy had been thrown out, I can guarantee the guy next to him wouldn't have done what he did. That's right. Yeah. And absolutely. therein lies the problem. That is. I can guarantee yeah. they will stop. You get kicked out of the game at halftime? The 2018 NFL Draft is officially in the books. And there are a couple of things that stand out, Ephraim Salam. There's no doubt about it. Shaquem Griffin, day three, he goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Great story, inspirational story. Doesn't have a hand due to, uh, what was it, a cord was wrapped around it? Yeah. When he was, you know... um, uh, before he was born, and that led to all sorts of uh, hand problems, so he had to have that hand taken off. And here he is, fifth-round draft pick, going to the Seattle Seahawks, and it's this great story. And I'll tell you what, I thought about this. If you're Seattle, how much does he have to stink it up for them to cut him? They can't release this guy, right? Like, you're trying to rebuild that team, and you've got his brother uh, on the same squad, and he's going to be on the roster. He's got to be on the roster, right? Oh, absolutely. It's got to be. <laughs> like, because Think about that, too. And it's not based on charity. I'm just saying that. Like, Shaq right. Griffin can play. He can play. This kid can play. He can play. Yeah. Right. But I'm just thinking of that defense where you don't have Richard Sherman, no Michael Bennett, so you've moved some players. And then other guys, Cam Chancellor might not play again. Cliff Averill might not play again. Uh, the rookie last year from Michigan State, he might not play at all. Right, so all of this stuff, you're trying to build an identity. You're starting to try to lay the groundwork and get some positivity, get it moving in the right direction. The last thing you'd want to do is draft Shaquem Griffin, have this great buzz, all this electricity, and be like, yeah, we're going to release him. (laughs) How could you justify that? No, I I don't think that'll be a problem because just knowing this young man's story, what he's endured to get to where he is now the type of work he's willing to put in um you know as long as we still have special teams in the nfl you're gonna need guys like that so they can play themselves into a more prominent position Mm -hmm. you know that's the key thing about kickoff kickoff return punt punt returns everybody wants to do away with those parts of the game but those parts of the game or what keep a lot of people who end up being tremendous athletes and tremendous stars in the league in the league. Yeah. Arian Foster, who led the league uh, in rushing a couple years, big-time running back, he started on special teams. Yeah. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis him. started on special teams. Rod Smith yeah. started on res- uh, special teams. Shannon Sharp started on special teams. Man, All of these players. It's amazing to think that. Ima- imagine if they do away with kickoffs. They've talked about getting rid of punts as well. Imagine if they did that. You're talking, they're Hall of Famers that never would have been because yeah. they started off on special teams. Well, yeah, because they weren't. it wasn't time for them to play yet. Yeah. 
they hadn't gotten adjusted or it was some a veteran in front of them who was better at the time. So all of those uh, facets of the game are important for development for players to really come in and, and, and assert themselves at their prominent positions. So when I hear people talking about removing parts of the game, you're removing players from the, from the teams. Yeah, you are. Think of Matthew Slater, the all-purpose, yeah. great special teams player great. for the Patriots. <laughs> Eliminating jobs like that. It's Brandon, I mean, I get Brandon it, Ayamba Dejo, yeah. who was a stalwart at the Pro Bowl for special teams his whole career. Yeah. Played right. 10 years in the league. He went to the Pro Bowl almost every year for special teams. He was also a linebacker. Right. So, you, you know. You might see Devin Hester be a Hall of Famer one day, predominantly oh, for man, special teams, unreal. obviously. Right. He, she needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He, he needs to be. I mean, he was a game changer. You want yeah. to talk about Hall of Fame uh, player on, on special teams, someone who can change a game? Literally, most, I've played against him. I know what it looks like. It's unreal. You need a big play, <laughs> you kick the ball to him. It was at one point where if you kicked the ball to him, you were going to give up points. Right. Either he was going to do it or he was going to get the offense in position to do it. He was so good, they moved him to offense. <laughs> right. You know, remember, he was DB. Yeah, they right. moved yeah. him to offense. That's how good he was. They had, and he was bad as a defensive back. I remember there were a couple of Rams players mic'd up. And they're like, you see, uh, you see Hester's in the game. You see, he's in the game right now. You see that? Like, <laughs> like they were clearly targeting him. But you're right. He was so electric. They moved him on offense, tried to get the ball in his hands. I get it. Like, not to get off on a tangent, but I understand why they're trying to take steps to eliminate some of the head trauma and CTE and all of that stuff. I get it. But there are layers beyond the good that it would do. And it does a lot of bad as well for just players starting their careers on special teams and finding their niche until they can crack that starting lineup. Yeah, you need that, man. You you know everybody can't come right on in and and just be a superstar. Yeah, think about that. Think if there were no kickoffs and if they messed around and got rid of the punt coverage and all of that, right? They got rid of punts. I don't even know how they would do that, but they've talked about it. Shaquem Griffin, he he might not be drafted today, right? right I mean, it's yeah. possible. It's possible that he would go undrafted and then try to make it as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's a shame. But yeah. I think you know, aside from the special teams, I think he's going to bring value to that team. I think he'll be able to play. With, uh, Pete Carroll always said, already said that he's going to work primarily at the weak side linebacker, so they're going to put him mm-hmm. out there in space, let him run sideline to sideline and occasionally rush the passer. I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah, I do too. It's Brian Noni from Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. couple of quarterbacks. I find this fascinating, Ephraim, where Baker Mayfield was getting tackled by cops, <laughs> planting a flag, grabbing his junk. And it's like, eh, it's just kind of Baker, I guess. Meanwhile, Josh Rosen has the audacity to offer some opinions, right? Josh Rosen, after being drafted 10th overall, had this to say in a press conference. There are nine mistakes made ahead of me. I will make sure over the next decade or so that they, they they will know that they made a mistake. 
Oh my gosh, how radical. How dare he say that? I, I can't believe this is a huge story. I really can't. But it's been one of the biggest stories of the weekend, what Josh Rosen dared to say about players being drafted ahead of him. He's not saying they stink, by the way. He's just right. saying he should have been drafted before him. Yeah, and I get his I get his confidence. And, you know, everybody who's passed up in the draft feels that way. But they only say it after they've proven themselves. That's the problem. Right? Okay. Like you, it's okay to say it, but you got to have some merit behind it. It's easy. To, it it's easy to say it right now, prior to you ever having that professional helmet on, or taking the snap, or being in the mini camp, or even learning one play. Right? You don't even know how you fit into that system yet. Mm-hmm. And when you start making statements like that, oh, I'm gonna make you pay, and this and that. I felt the same way. Guess what? 32 teams passed on me for th- two days. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure, right? yeah. I felt a yeah. certain way. I had a huge chip on my shoulder. And I went out there and I proved to them that I belonged. I made the all-rookie team. I went to the Super Bowl. That's how I got back at them. A couple years later, I can be voiceless about and I can talk about it. Yeah, I wanted to make them see that they passed up value in me and you so on and so forth. But that's after I put in the work. Now, if I'm coming out as a seventh-round draft pick and I'm like, yeah, you know, blah, that doesn't bode well for me because now, first of all, it's already difficult. As a rookie coming into the NFL, learning the system, getting yourself in the right mind frame and shape and knowledge to be able to actually play in a game, let alone thrive and be successful, especially at the quarterback position. Right. So when you come out and you start making these type of statements before you've even gotten to the team, before you've even gotten on the jet and landed at the facility, it just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't resonate, it doesn't sit well with people. And I understand well, why. I don't have a problem with him being confident. You need to be confident. Okay. Right, yeah. It's all about backing it up. I get you. It's like this. I always looked at it where remember when the Jets were talking all types of trash before they were playing the Patriots yeah. in the playoffs a yeah. couple of years ago. They were talking all types yeah. of trash. Thanks, Rex Ryan. Right. And it was just like, what are you guys doing? Why would you fire up Superman and what did they they won? <laughs> they went into Foxborough and they won. This was after they got blown out. I think it was like 45 to 3 yep. in the regular season. And they went there and they beat them. And that changed my mentality. I used to be like, why on earth would you fire up the other team? Why would you give them the old school bulletin board material? Why? What's the, but if you're able to back it up, it doesn't matter. So to your point, he's got some Rex Ryan in him, right? Rex Ryan would be, I guarantee we're going to win the Super Bowl. And when he didn't, we crushed him for it. If he had kept his mouth shut, we wouldn't have been as critical with Rex Ryan. We would have propped him up for getting to two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback, right? Can't wait. So Josh Rosen's got some Rex Ryan in him, and that might come back to bite him. But if he's the, the Josh Rosen that's like the Jets who were talking noise and beat the Patriots, he's gonna be that much more glorified for what he's doing. Yeah, but what are the chances of that happening like we don't know right we don't know i think what, what it, good. We, we don't know what it's going to shake out and Ari- he was the quarterback i was highest on in the draft i get it i think he's going to be the most successful. so what if he gets to arizona and he's not ready to start the season they don't even have a quarterback 
right? Mm-hmm. But it could be a Jared Goff situation, right? He was a bust coming into last year. That was ridiculous. Which was <laughs> completely asinine, completely. Yeah. Just completely overdrawn the whole nine yards. But the fact of the matter is you got to get into an organization and you got to get a, a, a grasp of the actual – work that you have to do it's easy to talk about the draft is over man once you get drafted you don't have to sell yourself anymore right Right. you don't have to you don't have to do that anymore and that's the thing that I I I hope he learns from this because if you come out and you have an awful rookie year that sound bite will be played non-stop oh yeah absolutely just like Rex Ryan if he doesn't deliver and you don't need that think about LeBron the not five not six not seven that's How all we many hear. times have you heard that soundbite in your lifetime? And why would you do that to yourself before <laughs> sure. you even take yeah. an NFL snap? That is my point. It's okay I to be you. confident. It's I okay to be confident. But you don't yeah. know how hard and how difficult this is going to be. I got you. I got you. But the flip side is, and all I'm saying is, if he makes good on Babe Ruth calling his shot, there's a reason why we still talk about the Babe to this day. There's a, still a reason why we glorify Joe Namath for guaranteeing a Super Bowl three win. It's if you call your shot and deliver, man, you just you cash in that much more. That's the way it goes. But it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds with old Josh Rosen. And I wonder. Last thing I'll say on it: there's a difference between being confident and overly confident. And if he's overly confident, thinking he's got all the answers and he really doesn't have to work that much and he's going to be successful. He's probably going to fail, but if he's just confident and he's still going about his business and he's putting in the time and he's grinding, I think he's got all the skill in the world to be a great talent in the NFL. So we'll see. His we approach will, see. will Yeah, his approach will tell the story. All right, 877-99 on Fox. That's your phone number, 877-996-6369. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, I got a quick thought on ruffles for you, Ephraim. Okay. Startling discovery about Ruffles. And also this, which veteran players are winners and losers following the NFL draft? It's Brian No and Ephraim Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer, too. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. It's Brian Noah and E from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. I just realized something about Ruffles. I'm a big fan of Ruffles. They have ridges? They do have ridges. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that discovery, but Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was aware of that, but you might be aware of this, Ephraim, but I did not know this. Now I gotta tell you a little bit of a story here real okay. quickly. So I was involved in a car accident in January Mm. and I messed up my chest right wow and so I haven't been working out since then not that you were working out a lot before but go ahead (laughs) I was I was like I would go I'd say every other day on average is what it would turn out to be so you know I was I was in better shape than I am right now taking the last three and a half months off and not doing anything right I'm not saying I was Schwarzenegger I'm just saying I was in better shape than now so I went to the doctor to see if I could resume working out, and they took an x-ray. They said I had a fractured sternum, Wow! right? So 
I've been paying attention to what I've been eating. I typically haven't had to because I have a fast metabolism and I work out here and there. But without being able to work out, I've been looking at the back of these labels. And I looked at the back. I've got this bag of Ruffles. And I look at the back and it says 160 calories. I'm like, all right. It says per serving. I'm like, what's a serving? Three chips. 12 chips. <laughs> Dude, 12 chips is a buck 60 in calories? <laughs> That's amazing. Do you know? That's a handful. Yeah. I have a minimum, I'd say 12 handful minimum when I'm eating luscious ruffles. Are they plain ruffles or you like, you know, sour cream and chives, cheddar? I love the original, man. Okay, the, I, original. Okay. Those are so delicious. I don't even need flavor on top of it. You got to get the reduced sodium ones. Yeah, that's what it is now? Or the baked baked. The baked ruffles. Do they have those? Yeah. Really? I didn't even. <laughs> yeah. wasn't even aware. <laughs> Good luck with those. I got a physical on Monday, Ephraim, and I'm going to see what's up with the calorie intake, all that stuff. So I'll report back. Might have to be paying even closer attention to labels. We'll see. Yeah. I um when I go when I I lost like 65 pounds when I stopped playing. And I was big mm-hmm. on reading labels and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the only difference. way you can do it. <laughs> you go to the Cheesecake Factory, you might go yeah. into a coma. I was like, uh, I used know, to right? come out of here, eat, have, I, I would have eaten two pounds worth of food. Yeah. Literally in one sitting. They'll put it now, they've put it for a long time in parentheses. Well, they have to How now. many calories there yeah. are? Yeah. You'd be shocked. you think you're having a salad. The shocked. salad is... Yeah. 1,200 calories. It's like, oh, my God. All I can have is toast for the rest of the day. <laughs> Man, and their cheesecake is just. Oh, you forget oh, about it. Dude. Forget about it's it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 3,500 calories. One, yeah, exactly. One pound, one pound of cake. And then, like, small print at the bottom, it's like, yeah, the normal calorie intake is about 2, half of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can so have a piece did. of cheesecake, but you can't eat anything else. <laughs> no, nothing. For you the entire space that day. out, man. Or hope water is really filling that day. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. All right, so as far as the draft goes, Ephraim, you always hear the report cards and the winners and losers in terms of rookies, but I always think it's interesting in terms of veteran players. Who won, who lost. There are a couple of players that stick out to me. In terms of the winners, I would look at Case Keenum, the Broncos quarterback. Oh, yeah. They didn't, they didn't go quarterback number five overall. And all they did was get him a bunch of help. Got him a couple of wide receivers. Got him a running back. Got him a tight end. This is like building around Case Keenum, which I don't think is the right way to go. But that's what they're doing, and he's a winner as a result. Yeah, they figured that they have enough at quarterback, right? They weren't willing to give up on him prior to him, you know, showing them what they can do. I get it. Mm -hmm. I understand that. And just bolstering that offense – offensive line and his weapons outside, their defense is good enough, especially adding Chubb. Their defense is going to be good enough that they just need him to be okay. Like, we don't need you to be spectacular. We just need you to be okay. Right. Right? (laughs) Yeah. But they didn't want to take a shot on a young guy. They wanted to give him a chance, right? Because the last thing you want to do is bring a guy in and have somebody sniffing over his shoulders. 
uh, Matt Flynn, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you don't, you don't, you don't want to do that. You want to pay a guy a bunch of money, bring him in, and then a young guy you draft early outplays him. Now, so they just wanted to give him an opportunity. We don't have any quarterback that we like, so you come in. We're gonna put the pieces around you. We're gonna get our defense back to being, you know, the tops in the league, and we're gonna roll it out and see what you can do. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm okay amazing. with that. That is a win. That's a win for Case Keenum. Oh, it's a huge win for him. Yeah, because they, I think they're crazy for not going with Josh Rosen number five overall. That's not to say that Bradley Chubb can't play. He could be a very good player. But if you're taking if you're passing on a franchise quarterback, and time will tell whether Josh Rosen is that, but if you pass on a franchise quarterback, we're talking a decade plus, maybe a decade and a half of legitimate franchise quarterbacking, like this dude gives us a chance to be in the playoffs and be in the mix to win a Super Bowl year in and year out. If you passed on that guy, you missed out. Yeah, but we don't know if any of those guys are that guy. Yeah. We don't know yet. Another winner, you'd have to say, is Eli Manning. They didn't go quarterback number two overall, and they got Saquon Barkley and a couple offensive linemen. They, oh, yeah, they, they did completely Eli offense. A, yeah, great service in this draft. They could have easily gone QB number two overall. They could have gone Sam Darnold easily. Instead, they go Saquon, which is that's huge for Eli. Well, it, it is, and I think if the Browns would have took Saquon Barkley, they would have went quarterback. I think they would have went quarterback uh, at that spot. I think the the fact that Saquon Barkley was their number one guy on the list and the Browns didn't take him, they were elated. That's why that pick mm-hmm. came in so fast. They knew they knew the guy they wanted, and if I was the Browns, I would have just been messing with him the whole time. We like Saquon. We like Saquon. I would have <laughs> made them. Tra- I would have made them trade. I yeah. would have made them to come and take the first. Uh, the the first pick I would have traded with him and got some assets later in in, in the, I mean, but that's just me. I'm th- I have my GM hat on, right? You know, because we we knew that they really wanted them. All the talks about quarterback, quarterback, but we knew they wanted Saquon Barkley, and, and that's a legitimate story to tell. Yeah, right. Because you started off the show saying you could have gone Saquon number one and still gotten maybe the same quarterback. <laughs> And Baker at Crazy, number four right? overall. Crazy. Right. So you literally could have been pushing that narrative yep. and trying to get the Giants to flip-flop with you. The whole time you could have been pushing them. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think just, they that's... just get so weird around the the Browns organization. They just get so – I would love to be in that war room. I, uh, I would love to yeah. be in there. Just just to take – I wouldn't even say anything. i just sit in the corner like and take <laughs> notes. Mm, don't do that. No. I wouldn't. I'd would, just be making all kinds of faces and sounds. Ooh. Mm, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Ooh. Yep. Yep. It's what it just. The funny thing over is. Over and over and over again. It's like, nope, the, bad idea. The bad, funny thing no. is, somebody in that organization is doing that exact thing we just did. It's just not being boisterous. They're right. just going, man, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I just can't tell Dorsey that's a right. bad idea, but uh, I want to keep my job. We got health insurance. Checks are nice, man. I really it's not wish gonna I go could. well if I say horrible idea. I'm gonna keep quiet. All right, we got a loser in terms of a veteran player coming up next from the Geico Studios, Brian Nell and Ephraim Salam, but the opposite of a loser.
is obviously our man, Steve DeSager. Wondering how you're going to segue that one. Thank you very much. The NBA playoff second round begins in the next 10 minutes. Golden State hosting New Orleans in game one. Steph Curry still out. Did go through shoot-around. He's missed over a month with a sprained MCL. Steve Kerr says Curry should return to play on Tuesday, although there could be a minutes restriction in game two then for him. Boston has just wrapped up its first rounder with a game seven home win over Milwaukee, 112-96. to That ends their first First rounder, and there's a game seven Sunday with Cleveland hosting Indiana. Utah guard Ricky Rubio could miss a week or more, reportedly, with his hamstring injury. In the NHL playoffs, San Jose has come back for a 3 2 lead at Vegas early third period. Boston opened its second round series with a win at Tampa Bay, 6 2. Kevin Harvick earned the NASCAR poll at Talladega for tomorrow's 500 on Fox TV, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. In baseball on FS1, the Yankees lead 10 0 at the Angels in the bottom of the fourth inning. Garrett Richards was the starter. D.H. Shohei Otani not in the Angel lineup due to a mild ankle sprain, and they don't know yet if he's due to if he's going to make his scheduled start on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Mets had their starter Jason Vargas finally on the DL, off the DL, making his season debut at San Diego tonight. He allowed four runs in the first, came out in the fourth inning. Mets trailed 11-0 after four innings. It's now 11-zip Padres bottom of the fifth. Miami and Atlanta with wins. Arizona won in 10 innings, 4-3 at Washington on a bases-loaded walk. In the NFL, the Cowboys acquired wide receiver Tavon Austin from the Rams. The Eagles re-signed running back Darren Sproul. The last overall draft selection, end of the seventh round today, the Redskins took SMU wide receiver Trey Quinn. Before that in the seventh round, Dallas got Alabama running back Bo Scarborough. So Alabama led all schools with 12 selections. It's most in the common era, basically the Super Bowl era of drafting. Tampa Bay has signed quarterback Riley Ferguson from Memphis. Ohio State quarterback JT Barrett will get a tryout with the Colts at their rookie minicamp. Back to you. Good stuff, Steve DeSager. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A couple of quick things. Steve DeSager has all these goodies in the update. I can't help myself but comment <laughs> on a couple of them, Ephraim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. These 12 Alabama players being drafted, it's a record in one draft. And that is amazing. You had, what, four first-round picks? Yeah. But here's the deal, man. We can't blow this out of proportion. The first thing I think of is I guard myself. You know how you're talking about being in the Browns' war room and just bracing for mistakes? Like, right. oh, no, I see it coming. I know we're going to hear, and I haven't heard yet, but I can't believe the guy that's always like, Alabama could totally beat the Browns. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't heard that guy. Oh, my God. Just kind of awake and be like, see, this is proof. They got 12 guys in the draft. And... <laughs> yeah, they got 12 guys. It's the guys. worst thought ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not even. It... I mean, just off the physical nature of it, it doesn't. Come on, man. You got somebody he... 32 years old going up against a. A nineteen-year-old, yeah, yeah. I, I know what that feels like. My first game was against Kevin Green. I was like, "This is a." It, he probably has kids almost my age. <laughs> it's not the same, right? Right. I always say that with my dad. You know, like uh, I never wanted to get into a fight, like a fist fight, with my dad. No, because he has something in him that I call. Oh, hell no. Right? 
So it's like when I was a little baby and I was getting powdered and all, my dad has that mentality of this is my son and ain't no way he's going to beat me up, (laughs) right? So there's just like another gear that you have to go to. You are programmed with, oh, hell no. And a lot of times that's what you're talking about where, and not just that, it's the matchups too. You're talking about one, maybe two mismatches and there'd be way more than that. If you were having the worst NFL team go against the best college football team, it, it takes one mismatch to just exploit in the NFL. To destroy a game. <laughs> just, one offensive yeah. lineman, one freshman offensive lineman. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'll never forget I mean, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne and the Colts were playing the Broncos, and the Broncos lost a cornerback. Reggie Wayne had like three touchdown catches. Yeah. It takes one guy, one. Just one guy. Let alone like five mismatches. Dude, Come it's, on, I'm surprised we haven't heard that guy. Um, but anyway, I just had to mention that with Steve saying that in the update. And a couple of those Alabama guys, it's impressive they got drafted. And a couple of those guys in the seventh round, they're not going to make the team. So let's not blow that out of proportion. Well, like Bama's taking down the Browns. Let's slow down on the, the seventh round. Seventh rounders not making the team because – that's where you build your team. It is, right? but there that, are a lot you, of seventh you, rounders that don't make it. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. I will not be speaking uh, disparagingly Ill. about the seventh round guys. Okay, <laughs> I hold I them know near the seventh round. I hold I them that. near and dear to my yeah. heart, my friend. Okay, I know. All I'm telling you, you won't is, find anyone hungrier on a team than a seventh round draft pick. I can promise you that. That's true. But even though they're hungry, it doesn't mean they're going to be on the squad. Hey, that's all. Hey. that's all. Hey, I know, man. I know. I'm trying to find the drop of uh, of old Jason Kelsey. You want to talk about a hungry dog? <laughs> <laughs> I love this one too. Hungry dogs run faster. There you go. Hungry dogs run faster. Yes, Is that, that's got to be on a t-shirt right there. Um, we were talking about losers from the NFL draft in terms of veterans. We highlighted a couple of winners. Case Keenum, they didn't draft a quarterback to replace him. Eli Manning, Giants didn't draft a quarterback to replace him. How about on the other side? A loser would have to be Joe Flacco, right? Damn. Instead of going with a piece <laughs> to help him they trade back into the first round and get Lamar Jackson. You like the Doors? The group, the uh, Doors? The, uh, Jim Morrison yeah. and company? Yeah, they got some good songs, sure. This is the end, my only friend, the end. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what that was for Joe Flacco. Gavin literally, in the middle of that, said, there's going to be a drop. He said that in my headphones. Like he was all ready for it. He was all about that. That was good. We need you. to have um, a singing portion of the show each night with you, Ethan. I like it, man. I like entertainment. Yeah. A talent show. Yeah. But that's definitely the writing on the wall. It they is. moved up. They they had to have him. They were like, oh, because they knew something weird was going to happen at the beginning of the second round. So they leaped up and leapt mm-hmm. up into the first round to, to get him. Um, because they know they got a year. They got a year. They can sit him uh, behind Flacco for a year and get him acclimated to the offense, get him acclimated to the professional game, 
and then they can just let them loose. Yeah. Yeah, and man, it's <laughs> Flacco should be producing way more than he has. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he really, absolutely he really no should. doubt about that. With that being said, it's not as if he's had like this who's who of receivers around him, <laughs> right? It's been Mike Wallace, the banged up Brashad Perriman. It's been Jeremy Macklin, dudes like that. It hasn't been a who's who. Again, he should be doing way more than he has done, but with that as a backdrop, makes it even worse. Yeah, but he, they're trading up to get Lamar Jackson from his perspective. He was having some horrific games. He was. I was like, oh, this is, man, when what happened? When you throw more interceptions than touchdowns in an NFL season, which he had done before, yeah. it, it's not the Joe Namath 60s anymore. If you do that in this day and age, that is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. No matter who you got, it's not like his receivers were so bad where it would justify that. Yeah, it's it just you just not taking care of the ball. And he started in this league like gangbusters. You know, five years in a row, postseason, won himself Super Bowl, got a bunch of money. He just, you know, it has to continue. It has to continue, and now the pressure's on because they yeah. may have drafted his replacement. You know what? Watch him respond. This would be kind of interesting. Well, two things. You think about last year. Alex Smith. Alex Smith was just a different quarterback last year. After they moved up to get Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. right? Alex Smith all of a sudden is throwing the ball downfield. He was like, not me. Yeah, he's like, screw it. I'm going to air this thing out. Now, he did have Jason Kelsey. He did have Tyreek Hill. That helps quite a bit. The Ravens do not have that. At least we don't think so. Oof. Unless their rookies just come out of nowhere. Like Hayden Hurst is the next Todd Heap or what? It doesn't seem like they have those guys. So it's going to make it tougher for Joe Flacco to have an Alex Smith type season. But you might see Flacco with the same mentality Alex Smith had last year. Well, and he, that could he's lead to a better to. season or twice the interceptions well, <laughs> that he normally throws. Well, he, he's going to have to because it's all about self preservation, right? Yeah. That's right. Alex Smith knew that if he didn't come out on fire, then he knew he wouldn't make it through the rest of the season. So yeah. he did make it through the rest of the season, had a great year, got himself a bunch of money at a new destination. So now he's prolonged his career, right? He wasn't relegated to being a backup for someone somewhere. So it's it's important for Joe Flacco to take heed to this and, 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 and really – Step up. You get an opportunity. Yeah. He's not going to come in as a starter now, but he, the, they look, you got to look over your shoulder, man. He's coming. He's coming. They're grooming him to be the heir apparent. So that's right. And Flacco knows what do they always say? You know, it's like the preseason. If you don't make it here, everybody in the league's watching you. Yep. So Joe Flacco knows a couple of things. His days are probably numbered with the Ravens because they, they just moved up to get a first-round pick. And if he's not staying there with the Ravens, well, he better have one really good season to make sure he gets everything that he can with his next contract elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year. All right, a couple of the lighter sides, the lighter moments of the NFL draft. We'll get to that coming up next year from the Geico Studios. It's Brian No and Ephraim Salam on Fox Sports Radio. 
It's Brian Noeni from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Man, dude, we're talking a couple of weeks from now. Is hey. Ephraim Salam on lead guitar attempting to nail Purple Rain from Prince? We talking note for note from here? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that boy's fast in there. <laughs> it's boy. in the rotation already. Boy, quick. Yeah. Don't be letting other people use my drops either, okay? No, those are proprietary proprietary. Yeah, these are my personal <laughs> these are my personal drops. You need it um like Vince or not Vince. Michael Buffer, right? Yes. You need to have royalties if somebody Every uses time you this use in another it, show. Put something in my pocket. There you go. That's the way to go. That's about gonna it. be a drop as well. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of the lighter moments from the NFL draft. Vince Young. Vince Young announcing the Titans pick. Check this out. With the 41st pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select Honor, Honor Landry who? from Boston College. I say who? It was supposed to be Harold, Harold Landry, and he changed it to Honor. Honor. Wow. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. What? I don't know how he got honor out of Harold, but that was a funny moment. And then he got David Akers, former oh Eagles my God. kicker. And this guy just comes unglued. Check this thing out. With the 49th pick in the 2018 draft, the NFL would like to represent the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard. <laughs> it's a, he went on this minute-long yeah. rant. Yeah, he was on a rant. Yeah, and he was like, the last time, Dallas, you were in the Super Bowl, these prospects weren't weren't alive. (laughs) Which was great. It was a great line. He just sounded like, he sounded like an accountant that just reached the end, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. He just came unglued. He was just, it was over. He was, he was a wolf of Wall Street when he was getting ready to go to jail. He just, just lost it. I'm not leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know who it was at first. I thought, you know, sometimes they'll bring up kids to announce a pick, and yeah. I, I didn't know. It sounded like a kid. But I'm like, it's David Akers. <laughs> hey, man. I don't mean I to, love that. I don't mean to sidebar you, but Anthony Davis is a grown man. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Are we going down the prediction road here? I'm No, 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 no. Huh? I'm just I'm watching this game. I'm entertained by his first quarter. New Orleans up yeah. 18-16. Uh, Golden State has the ball. Clay Thompson turn around. Oh, we can't do play-by-play. Sorry. But anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of royalties. Right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> See, Gavin, I caught myself. Uh, right. But Anthony Davis, is I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a grown man out there. Like, he, he really is. is. He's This playoffs, he's asserting himself. Now all How eyes are on him. How many games did the Pelicans win? I, I, I want to say they're going to win the series because I'm – I'm, I'm connected. No, I'm like, hey, no. hey, first whoa, of all, let me just whoa. say this. Let me just say this. Okay. I'm a all homer, right, okay? My best friend, one of my best friends, I grew up with him. He's the GM. So I'm, I rock with him above all. But my okay. basketball mind t- 
tells me that the Pelicans will get two games. They'll okay. get they'll get All two right. games. That's not nearly as crazy. No. I'm going to say Warriors in five. If you get uh, Steph Curry back for game two, I yeah. I think it's Warriors in five. Okay. Yeah. While we're doing predictions here, Ephraim, how about tomorrow? Are we going to have a bet? Cavs versus Pacers? Let's do it. What do you want to do? You've been doom and gloom about the Cavs supporting cast around yeah. LeBron James. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not I'm not sold, and I don't think neither is LeBron James. LeBron James, is, he knows thing? he's going to have to score sixty. So let's put they're going uh, to win. Let's, let's, they're going to win without him scoring sixty. Let's put. Uh, what's your favorite candy bar? <laughs> uh I'm very fond of Snickers. Maybe go like, Snickers with almonds if I want to get a little saucy. Okay, right? Snickers with almonds. I'll get uh-huh. you a Snicker with almonds and a $1 bet. I'll take a Twix and a $1 bet. And we, <laughs> since you're in Tennessee and I'm in L.A., you, we have to mail it to each other. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> so this is more just the inconvenience yes, than anything. absolutely. Okay. And the principle of it. That's fine. You're on. It's going to cost You're more. on, Salam. It's going to cost more in shipping. Yes. yes it, will. it will. By the way, by the way, how about the curse of the Sixers with Jalen Brown going down today with the Celtics with the hammy injury? Hey, look, man. Right, now we got to. Don't try to, don't try to walk Jaylen out of it Brown now. On top of this. Don't try look to walk this. out of it. We, we had a great show. Ten seconds left. Don't ruin it. See you next week. The Sixers are a farce, and so is their regular season winning streak to end the year. I'm sorry. (laughs) Nick Foles! (laughs) Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.